personal branding is very important. I know you talk about it a lot as well. I've seen in your posts, you're very on personal branding. And I love that because I think it's really important to have something that sets you apart from others. It explains the why and what a person is. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of Share Diversity, the Muslim Businesswoman podcast, where we share the diversities of Muslims in the media. Before you jump into this episode, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, you review us on iTunes, and inshallah, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, where we share more insights into business, branding, and womanhood. Today, I spoke with Millie from Words Behind a Smile. She's a trainer in peak performance, and we talked about personality development, why you should build a personal brand, how you can build an online presence, how to find mentors, why you should cut off negative people, and much more. So let's jump right into it. So I'm Millie. Um, I am assistant analyst at Northwestern. My background is I was a computer science major, and then I had a minor in psychology. Right now, I went into blogging, I guess, like towards the end of high school. Yeah, I've just kind of been doing that and it really caught on like, I guess, like last year. Yeah, and I've been in a lot of things. I'm also a peak performance speaker. Um, I'm an ambassador for Shared Hope International. It's an organization for that supports uh, human trafficking victims. And also um, I spread the prevention education for it. So yeah, and I'm also a modest fashion stylist. So Kind of everything, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Mashallah, <laughs> that's everything all together. So actually, uh, I know you from your blog, Words Behind a Smile, which is, by the way, mashallah, such a beautiful name. And it kind of like shows really like the, the feeling of what you really share, which is a lot of self-development, personality development. You're sharing a lot on your personal blog, on your life as well. And you're doing a lot of different things. Speaking, I think, to a very niche target market as well, mashallah. Does it matter for you that you have this voice online whether it's has a wide reach or not what does like the power of voice in the media actually mean to you I think it's great having a platform that gives me the ability to voice my thoughts especially because a lot of Muslim women and Muslims in general I think are going through a lot of similar issues so if I can speak on that or have any valuable input that I can give I'm grateful that I have a platform to do so and can reach whether it's just one person or 10 doesn't matter just being able to reach that or have a platform to do that, I'm so grateful for. So yeah, I definitely think that having a power of voice um, as a Muslim woman is really important. How did you get into blogging? How did you get into really creating this voice online for yourself? I didn't actually go into blogging. Blogging came to me. Um, it started off as a homework assignment, so during like my senior year of high school. And uh, it was for a class called World Religion. And as I continued, I realized I liked writing out my thoughts. So after I graduated, I kept the blog going, and my first post at the time was um, Life of a Hijabi, Oppression or Liberation, and uh, because I'd recently started hijab then as well, so right after I ended high school. So yeah, and then after that, I just kind of, I just started writing more and more. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, well, how did you, like, why did you decide to, like, keep it going, to start really growing it, and then going into the topics that you're speaking about right now? That's the thing. I didn't think I really had a set plan with that. It was just something that I liked writing. Um, I didn't realize I liked writing till I started that blog for the homework assignments. And a lot of those homework assignments were based on uh, very, they're thought driven. So they would, it would be like an example of like overcoming like a drug issue. I think at the time we had to talk about what our thoughts were for that or how we plan to help that or things like that. 
and you'd have other people in that class commenting on your things and sharing their thoughts and you'd share back what you thought in response to that and things like it was just I really like that so it started off as just like a class assignment and then I was like you know I I really don't care if I have a lot of viewers on my blog I still wanted to write and so when I and this was when um I recently became a hijabi then 2011 so I had a lot of thoughts at the time about um how I feel about becoming a hijabi so I started writing about that just you know and then yeah and then from there I don't think I blogged for a while and then I blogged again I started uh talking about ways to be happy stress-free and just it was kind of all over the place honestly I don't think I had a set like this is what I want to talk about this is what I'm trying to reach or it was just I just wrote down whatever came to my like had it was kind of more like aligning my own thoughts for myself and then I was like well if this helps someone that's great (laughs) but it was more for myself than anyone so yeah that is something that you kind of feel as well when someone creates something for themselves more or like a reflection more than um oh I want to build an audience wanting to have an impact is not something bad like it's a really beautiful intention but sometimes it can be overdone and people feel like okay I don't want you to help me you know like I'm cool (laughs) (laughs) but I still you know enjoy your point of view on things and I think that that's what makes it special, right? Right. So I wanted to ask you, uh, you are a woman in IT, but you also have your personal brand going on online and you have um, speaking engagements. So how do you balance that having the professional life and then having your personal brand going on? I don't think of my personal brand as something separate from me being a Muslim woman in IT. I think it's the same persona representing the same beliefs. So it doesn't matter what re- which arena I'm in. I'm, it's the same person representing the same thing, <laughs> doing the same thing. So I feel like it, yeah, I don't really think of those things as separate, my personal brand and being in IT. It's just kind of a mix. So. Was it hard for you to come to that point to understand that it's like the same thing? Or you, it always came just natural? I, that's another thing. I just, I don't think I overthink things. (laughs) I feel like when you start doing that, then you think like, all right, am I doing this right? Or am I like, you you think too much. And I feel like, yeah, so I don't, I don't overthink it. And it just kind of happened. No, it's interesting that it comes, that it comes so natural to you because I think a lot of sisters that I guess follow your work or you know see what you're posting or you know follow your journey and the same as well for shared diversity they come and ask questions like how do you do that being an hijabi and having a career you know and that is only one line right it's just like the professional career and wearing hijab being visibly Muslim woman and then the next step is to really share your personal journey and build a brand so a lot of times they struggle to even go to the first step before they even can come to the second. But it's interesting that you see these steps as one, you know, one, one <laughs> like, space. Is it something that just comes natural to you? Like, are you confident from the beginning on? Or was it also a struggle of before wearing the hijab, afterwards, before starting a career and then being in, in, the, in the scene? I think it's just for me, I think I was confident before hijab as well. Uh, hijab had a different kind of confidence because it's something I had to get used to. It wasn't something, it was out of my element. So it wasn't something that just came naturally to me. Like I just put my hijab on. I was like, all right, there I am. It was more kind of like I had to work with that. Um, but I never let that like, I never like hid my personality because of it. I'm still the same. I still 
I guess, behave the same in terms of like how I am, how I interact, how I talk. Um, I feel like my mannerisms were still the same. It's not that they may have gotten better, but it wasn't like I took a drastic like, <laughs> like, okay, I can't do this now. I can't do that. It was just kind of like I said, I didn't overthink it. It was just like, all right, it was more of a journey. So I'm sure where I was 2011 compared to where I am now is a lot different. But when I looked at it in terms of like just months and, you know, weeks, it didn't really make a difference. And then now when I look at it, I'm like, wow, I'm in a total different place now mm-hmm. than I was then. But at the time I did think I was like the best I could be. So I feel like I kept going down that route. And now, alhamdulillah, I feel like I'm in a better place than I was back then. That's very so. interesting to see it as a journey as well and to kind of not neglect yourself just because you're visibly different to other people. I want us to ask you about personal branding itself. Do you think it is important? Do you have like a certain definition for a personal brand? Um, yes, I definitely think personal branding is very important. I know you talk about it a lot as well. I've seen in your posts. You're very on personal branding, and I love that because I think it's really important to have something that sets you apart from others. It explains the why and what a person is. And um, personal branding itself, I feel, comes from a passion or the skills, the goals, or a value that someone has. It makes you, it's what makes you real and more relatable. So um, I remember I had read a quote by Jeff Bezos. Uh, he said something like that personal branding is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So how you present yourself to the world is key. So I definitely think personal branding is very, very important. And like you say, I think personal branding, that it's actually your reputation. You know what you want people to say when you're not there. Um, when you talk about a person, like the way you describe a person, what would you say What would be your top tips to like for other women, especially Muslim women, to start their own personal brand? Okay, so I would say I have like maybe like top three. Um, one would be to know yourself, what your strengths are, what your goals are, what you stand for, what you're trying to change or improve. So really question yourself and find your truth and you'll be able to mark yourself better because you're coming from a place of honesty. So I think knowing your purpose is the number one thing before building your brand. So definitely know your purpose. And then number two, especially for me, um, I think was to start a, just build an online presence. So This really like came to me when, for example, like how many times has someone recommended a restaurant to you? And then when you went to search it online, it wasn't there. So you lost your incentive mm-hmm. to go there. So, you know, you want to see what the restaurant serves, who comes there, what kind of reviews they have, et cetera. So your brand also needs to show what you stand for, what kind of service you have, who comes to you and things like that. So build an online presence that really, really helps. Um, you should be, it's, Yeah, definitely. Just do that. <laughs> and then uh, third one would be be flexible. Sometimes you have to test out what works, what doesn't for your audience, because there's no one formula that works for all. So someone else in a different niche or maybe even the same niche as me could say, hey, this is what you should do. It's, you know, tried and tested and it works and it may not work for my audience at all. So it you really have to be flexible. So you can't just, you know, try something be like this doesn't work. Screw it. You know, you really have to You know, just kind of go with the flow, see what works and then, you know, keep what doesn't or keep what works and then take out what doesn't. So be flexible. So know your purpose, build an online presence and be flexible. Okay, so I have a question because uh, as I understand it, you say there's no one size fits all to creating mm-hmm. a personal brand and you kind of have to like trial and error, right? So right. what are kind of the techniques to trial and error? Because you can start something and then you can maybe get too 
you know, two people that give you feedback, what are like the action steps to really be flexible and try it? For example, I'll say maybe uh, it's a layout. I'll just stick to Instagram, for example. When you're creating a layout and you want to see, and you see all these people, uh, bloggers, and you'll see their layouts are a certain way, they have a different preset that works for them. And then, um, so I see a lot of, uh, I have a blogger that I love, Lena, and she, her presets are very like orange tint, like that kind of hue. And I love it. And, but if I were to use that for mine, it really wouldn't work because I'm a very colorful person. And to have that kind of preset on mine, it would kind of take away that part of my brand. My brand is very colorful. I'm very, I do, I stick to neutral. I'm starting to stick to more neutrals, but I have a pop of color in my neutrals. So I'm not like all over the place, but I'm a very colorful person. So, you know, things like that. So like what may work for someone may not work for you. And and if you want, you can try it out and see if like, and just do a poll, you know, ask like, hey, does this look better? Does this look better? And like maybe half the people will say this and half the other will say that. So in that case, you it's up to you. What do you like? Because <laughs> it's half and half. And there's You can't please everyone. So it's up to you. Yeah, and what you say, I think, also applies to, you know, the way of writing, what kind of platforms you use in the first place. Does YouTube work for you because you use Instagram? Or do you even want to show your face? Do you want to just do podcasting, right? Um, right. And that's, I think, how a lot of women start. And that's how I started as well. I was like, okay, let me just, you know, speak my mind, but not show my face. For some people, they just stick with podcasting. And some people, they go into other platforms and try other ways of communicating. But it really also depends on the personality, you know, who you are and what you want to deliver. Um so what I found interesting is that you don't only use online media, but you also do speaking. So right. <laughs> how did you get like this? Um, how did you get the push from blogging, which is something I think very personal and very intimate um, and just writing to then speaking in public? How did you get the confidence to do that? I think a lot of people would see my posts and then be like, oh, this is great. Like you should talk more about it. And then... I also would get invited to talk about it to different places. So it was just kind of like, it kind of like, you know, went from there. Um, yeah, I think it's just when you have something that's important to you that you want to share with the world, it kind of just happens and you don't think much about it or like how you're doing it. It just flows. And I think that's literally been the journey <laughs> that I've had. It's just, it flows. <laughs> it's been, I mean, I'm zigzagged everywhere, but it's, it just flew though at the time. It still does. Like, I don't think much about it. It just kind of flows what, what I feel is right. I do it. I started off. So for me, my blog, I started off as modest fashion and I still do that. But when I started off because I wanted to get my point across, but I need to do it in a way we just live in a world where everything is more, it, it just happens to be appearance based. So if you, you know, in general, like if I go up to a girl um, that I don't know, the first thing I'm going to comment on is, hey, I like your scarf. I like your shoes. I like your dress, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. I'm not just going to come to you and start talking about personality development. You know, you're going to be like, who is this crazy person? And why is she talking to me? Like, I just want to <laughs> be left alone, you know? So you want to be more like personable and be like, all right, you know, this person is just, they complimented my dress, they compliment, you know, whatever. And they just, you talk about it. And I feel like you talk to strangers more than you would um, to someone you know about something that maybe that you're having a struggle or a problem or whatever it is that you're going through, you're more likely to talk to a stranger than you would someone you know personally because of their own personal bias 
about you or, you know, whatever it may be. I feel like you're just more comfortable with a stranger. So I had started off with modest fashion because of that, because I felt, okay, well, the first thing I'm going to do is, you know, I'm just going to promote modest fashion. And then that gets a lot of talks going. And that's a lot of my followers now are from like my modest fashion thing, which I still do now too. But I started with that because of, you know, that is how a conversation starts. So then after that, I started doing a series. And the first, this was, that was something neat. Like I was testing out something new to me that I had never tried out before was starting a series. So my first series was Why I Quit Music. And that I got such a huge response on that. So I was like, okay, so series work. And even when I uh, released that series about conquering the fear of becoming a hijabi, I got such a great response on that. And But the thing is, I, I wrote a blog post about that months ago. And people were reacting to it as if they've never read it because they hadn't, you know? So <laughs> it's just, so that told me like, okay, Instagram is a better platform for my followers than a blog post. And I realized one post is too little, three posts is perfect. Anything more than that is just too much for them. So that was through trial and error. I learned that this is what works for my followers and for my platform. So I'm sorry, what was the question? (laughs) (laughs) I I know I'm going all over the place, but... (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's very um, important because we, we came from the how did you get the confidence to go from the online presence to speaking and um, back to what you said in trial and error. And I think it's very important to come to that in what you say, you know, and you give very tangible examples because a lot of times it's like, yeah, 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 you need to try this and that and this and that. But you give us really tangible examples of how you really do it. Because I was also surprised. I saw your Instagram post on um how to conquering the fear of becoming hijabi and I was like I know this one she blocked about this before why is she posting it again and then I saw like oh yeah she understands obviously not a lot of people or more people were becoming aware of it over Instagram so that that goes back into understanding where is your platform and and where is your audience actually live actually the question was how did you get from the online presence into the to the public speaking basically Right. So yeah, so when I started doing these series, you know, people were like, hey, you should come talk. So, <laughs> so because of that, I started, I was like, okay, you know, I should, I should put myself into that now. And I think it's just a better way to spread word when uh, people read a post of mine. And it's just a, like a short tidbit of something, not a series, but just a post. And then be like, this is a great topic. Can you talk more about it? And I, I, like, maybe I'll do a series about it, or they sometimes more want more than that. And they don't want to read about it. So I was like, okay, well, I don't want to make videos. (laughs) So I will just come and talk to you. I really wanted to. I wanted to talk to people because I love doing that. That's the one thing I'm good at. I love talking. So (laughs) I was like, but for some reason, just recording myself and recording a response felt weird to me. It just comes back to if you have something important that you want to share, it just you go with the flow and you like kind of see how you want to share it. Yes, and that's what I wanted to say as well. These are like two tips, again, that we can give uh, the listener, which is one, understand what you're good at, which is for you speaking. We are all good at different things. Some people might be good at writing like you were, but then um, feel shy speaking or they just don't feel natural doing it. And then when you understand what you're good at, understand what platforms are best for you and your audience to communicate in that way because there's different ways of communicating you can communicate through visuals only through writing through you know video or then public speaking so coming into the meat of 
what you're actually doing. Um, personality <laughs> development and peak performance. These are the two areas that you speak about as well um, publicly, but also through your posts. What is peak performance? What is personality development? Mm-hmm. So peak performance is basically when you're at your optimal functioning zone. Um, have you ever been working on a task, for example, and all of a sudden everything just clicks and comes together for you and you're just flowing without pause? That's peak performance. You know, when you don't think too much and everything just kind of, your, your mindset is in a way where everything just comes together for you and your mind works for you, not against you. So that would be the peak performance. And personality development is just, I feel like they're just hand in hand. They're not like separate. <laughs> so um, like personality development and peak performance, for example, um, it involves things like learning to focus, self-care, visualization, um, goal setting, you know. This is all peak performance, but, you know, all these things develop your personality as well. So they go hand in hand. It's not two separate things. You're in your optimal functioning zone. That is exactly what peak performance is. Okay, Okay, perfect. Why is it important? If you want to do more with less, it's super important helping you get there. Um, I think it takes less of your time. You use less of your time to do more. You're more efficient. That's all it puts you in. It's efficiency. And that involves things like learning how to focus, goal setting, self-care, visualization, and so much more. So how and when did you get into that the first time? Because I remember you told me about it. It was like, so but tell me more, like, tell us more how <laughs> you got into it in the first place. When did you first hear about it? And when did you kind of like develop this passion for it as well to share it with others? This has honestly been something that's been ingrained into me since I was little. Um, my dad would always have these audiobooks playing in the car or at home. And sometimes I'd just get so annoyed and I'd be like, can you please turn that off? And he'd be like, nope. <laughs> and he'd just, or maybe he'd like turn the volume down a little and he'd just keep us, like, you know, tell us to keep doing our thing and don't let it bother you. So, um, and, you know, it was just there always. And so I remember in fourth grade, we were asked to write a book and it was just plain fo- paper folded up, hamburger style, writing your book. And, um, yeah, so our teacher asked us to write the title of our books on the board so each kid can read their book. So if you looked at the board, you know, kids wrote about Christmas, their bikes, their cats, their dogs. And then you come over to my book title and it says personality development. <laughs> Wait, how old were you at that time? Uh, maybe 10, 11. Oh. It was fourth grade. I don't know what how old you are at that. Yeah, so, uh, you know. about 10. Oh, mashallah. <laughs> So my teacher called me over and she's she giving this little like, you know, she's like, come here for a second. So I was like, hi. And then she's like, you know, did you write this? And I was like, yeah. So she called my dad and they had a little chat and need, my dad, needless to say, was super happy. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, great, you know, you know, I've, I put these on so it affects you like subconsciously, even if you're not paying attention to it. So yeah, I definitely have to give it to him <laughs> for getting me into this because <laughs> I wouldn't have otherwise. <laughs> When was the, like the first time where you actually was think were thinking about you know like actionable techniques where you can apply it into your life? I just knew that whatever I wanted to do, I can do. I feel like mm-hmm. I had that kind of mindset since growing up because I was always listening to these things. Um, I never thought of things as impossible. Like I never limited myself to anything. If I didn't want to do it, that was one thing. But I never like thought of myself as like, oh, you can't do this because of this or. It was always like, you can do it. You just got to do this and this, you know, it was like that. And I remember like the first time it actually hit me that I'd want to talk about things was I was, uh, it was actually kind of recent. I was going um, down this Facebook post that I made like years ago, I think around like 2010, 2011. 
And uh, it was a note that says like, uh, what was your first impression of me? And I had a bunch of responses from people in high school then, but I was reading it more recently about like a year or two ago. And bottom line, everyone said like the same things was you came out very positive. You talked a lot and <laughs> you laughed a lot, but I didn't know how to monetize that. So <laughs> I was like, okay, so I was like, I'm positive and I talk a lot. And <laughs> so it just kind of like clicked. I was like, you know, I could do this. Like, this is something maybe I should, I feel like I was trying to find something, you know, what am I good at? What am I good at? But I was looking at the, th- the things that are always talked about that I wasn't looking at this side, you know, of just talking. I was like, I could do this, you know? I was thinking more of how do I put this in IT? How do I put this into like a different kind of like a career that I was already in? And so I had to think outside the box for this. And I was like, okay. And then it clicked to me like, okay, this is something I can do because this is something I've always been passionate about. So, okay. So I guess what interests me is the part from understanding it and realizing it and applying it to your life and then monetizing it. How did you get the jump? How did you find out how you can monetize it? Oh, I would just go, I... (laughs) I reached out. My number one thing is if I want to do anything, I find someone who's already done it. And then I'm like, what did you do? <laughs> so either that or like people, there are so many books out there of things that people have already done what you want to do. All you got to do is reach out and read. And even if it, the person won't respond to you, someone else that's maybe a step ahead of you will. And then you can still learn like, okay, well, this is what this person did. So let me just at least do that. And then once I'm on that step, I can, you know, just look like the 10 feet ahead. You don't even need to look at like the whole thing. Just 10 feet ahead. This is what I need to do. Get there and then be like, all right, next 10 feet. And then, you know, so yeah, I just, for me, it was just do it. If, you, if there's something you want to do, do it. I feel like the number one thing that holds people back from making a change is that they start to overanalyze what people mm-hmm. would think or say, whether they'll make a difference or not, or if people even care. Just stop. <laughs> None of that matters. If there's something important that you have to say and can affect even one person do it and so I just did (laughs) I just leaned in and I was like all right I'm doing it (laughs) you can't get me back it's it's very important what you think because a lot of times we are thinking of you know what is this person going to say what are people going to think I am not good enough yet to talk about it or share or just like be a person in it because you know I'm not super successful in earthly terms and all that what I'm thinking is and I think you you talked about it as well you have this thought out of a reason like Allah doesn't give you the thought if there's nothing behind it right so you have an idea and you have this like passion this thing in your heart not so you can go back and think um great but I don't think I'm good (laughs) enough you you have this because there's this little spark that should be come a flame in in you to do it actually and even if it doesn't affect a thousand people on the first day but just one person says like I really needed to hear that it's so important that is honestly one of my favorite comments is when someone says I really need to hear this or this has inspired me to do something else or whatever it may be so yeah those are one of my favorite comments and I feel like all right this is why I do what I do and I think a lot of times we forget it and it sounds a bit weird but (laughs) for example my husband has said you know like don't always question yourself you know like you're telling me 
when someone comes to you like you're so happy you're like happy for like a week that this person came to you and told you know like this has changed look look here my life has like turned around and stuff like that and you kind of forget over the time and that's that's also the the concept of remembrance right you kind of need to remember also your impact so you said you know I should it sounds weird but just print out you know the messages that you get print out even the whatsapp messages that, and, and yeah. like just put it yeah. on your vision board or whatever you have um and and keep reminding yourself you know if you are feeling down or if you're feeling like this is not worth anything because i haven't gotten five likes on this uh, i don't know any comment on my blog right they're actually I think you're taking that out right now i think instagram is working on taking out likes like so only you see how many likes you got no one else sees it yeah <laughs> i was like man this is so good that you're sharing this because a lot of times we get distracted by who is giving us feedback and then we forget the real feedback which is the person that comes to you do you remember the first feedback that you got on the things that you created oh let's see so my dad used to tell me that like he wrote like he had a book of all these like good things that he's like done or things that made him feel good about himself so you know not not as like a bragging right but just to himself like this is what made me feel good when someone said this and this or when I did this and if he was ever at a low like he would open that book and be like all right you know like I've done all this there's no need for me to feel this well so I think that's a great thing and I do have screenshots that like I'll send to like my sister or my husband and then they'd be like oh my god that's awesome and you know I'll look back through those I guess those media like shots and I'll be like oh like all right you know well it's not that bad I'm actually making an impact even if it's one person <laughs> so yeah important like you say to remember like you've done all this not in a bragging way but in a remembering way okay so uh you talked about books and things that you also read from people that did what you want to do and then just you know Mm -hmm. see how it fits into your life do you have books or resources that you can uh, share that are about personality development or peak performance that someone can just like read through like your top list I have so many. It's like, I'm not there. There is like an infinite number of these books out there, but I'll list my favorite that I read growing up. Um, So number one would be the success principles by Jack Canfield. Funny thing. So I'm actually being coached by Jack himself now to become a certified trainer to teach his success principles as a corporate trainer. So that book has come full circle for me. Um, (laughs) Thank you. And then, um, the second one, I guess, would be Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And then a third book was also by him as well, um, Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude. That was huge. Changed like changed what I thought, like my mindset-wise. The fourth one is my absolute favorite, um, The Secret by Rhonda Bryan. Mm-hmm. I cannot express how much I love this book. It's about law of attraction, and it was one of my favorite things to learn growing up. Um, a lot of people criticize it because they're like, how can you just wishfully think about something and then attract it into your life? And I have to say, well, there's a huge difference between what you think is law of attraction versus what is law of attraction. Um, there's a difference between thinking about something so much that you want it and you just daydream about it. And there's a difference between thinking about something so much and you think about what can you do to get it. That's the difference. So the latter is the law of attraction. So when you think about something so much that 
you think about different ways that you can get it and that is what attracts it into your life so it's kind of uh you being mentored by the author of the book that impacted you so much yes yes exactly I am a huge believer in law of attraction that book I feel like it's actually also on Netflix I think I don't know if it's still there but it was and um it's like a movie and it's it's kind of like this like secret like it's just done really cool but the concept of it is so great and there's like a bunch of people talking in there of a lot of authors I just mentioned as well Ron O'Brien's Jack Kemp is also in there um but the book itself is great if you if you're a reader get the book if you're someone that wants to like you know visually learn watch it it's I think it's also on YouTube I mean it I love it definitely definitely go check out The Secret I'm also coming out with my own book which is not done yet but I will let you know when it is <laughs> it is in the works right now um so yeah, so there is what is it, what is the cover? What is it about your book? Just in general. So it's so it's about Photoshop personalities. So what I say is when I say Photoshop personalities is when you see someone successful, for example, and you see everything that they are made up of right now, no one actually shows the obstacles they went through, the blemishes that they fixed, that they tweaked to become who they are now. So everyone is a Photoshop version of their personality that they show. So for me, it's uncovering how to master like emotional intelligence to become that like Photoshop personality that you see. So this book is talking about emotional intelligence, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> wow, mashallah. I think it's a very important topic, especially in today's world where we, where we always think that what we see is what the person is. And we try to manipulate ourselves to to look more than to be. So, inshallah, I'm very excited. Inshallah. <laughs> Do you have like a release date already? No, no, it's still in the works right now. It's being edited and all that. But yeah, <laughs> looking forward. Okay, so from these books, inshallah, I will have them in the description of the podcast and the YouTube as well. So people can look at them and inshallah order them as well from these books or from your experience because I saw you as well. Okay, this is another question I want to ask you. I saw you were on at an event where there's Gary V speaking. There was... Yes. Uh, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins speaking and the guy from Shark Tank. Kevin O'Leary. There you go. <laughs> um, do you go to multiple of these events? How did you find? How do you find out of, uh, about these events? How are your thoughts of applying the tips to your life? The way they talk about things, it's generic goals. They don't. Mm-hmm. It's not specific goal. It's more generic, and you feel you fit it to your needs as yes. like needed. I the way. Okay, so for me, I've always wanted to go to their events, and this has been such a great thing lately. It's my mindset, like I've improved it so much in the past like two years, more than I ever have before because I feel like I gave it my full focus, um, is that whenever I think of something, I somehow find a solution for it within a week and sh- like alhamdulillah. And I think my mindset has just turned to more solution-based instead of problem-based. Like I don't c- sit there complaining about something like I would think of more like, how can I solve it? So like, if I wanted to go to a Tony Robbins event, for example, I, you know, I was like, okay, how does one find this? <laughs> so I would, I would like look up uh, events that he's already been at and then subscribe to um, those organizations that create those events for them. 
or book those or like those organizers in, in general. So I started following those and then like I would get an email saying, hey, so-and-so is coming to your town on this date. Like if you want to register, here are the tickets or um, things like that. So I just and then now I'm like I've been like going and doing so much and it's just like everything I wanted to do I am doing alhamdulillah and I realized it's all because I changed I had a shift in mindset it became more solution-based than problem-based so yeah yes yeah, the shift of focus that you say as well brings you all these solutions right like when you look in a room for the color purple you won't see the color red right and, right. and the other way around so Yeah, it's, it's a really important mindset shift that we a lot of times forget to apply in situations. Do you have like action steps when you're under pressure? Do you directly think about how can I solve this? Or do you think about, okay, what's the situation at hand? Do you have like a, a list of things that you go through or, or does it just come natural? Uh, it depends. So for example, I don't know. Okay, so I wanted to, I was getting, um, I wanted to make business cards the way I was thinking. So before I reached out to any place, I just started sketching. because I do that a lot. I sketch whatever I want. Like, it's just clearly for me to see like, okay, this is what I want. And then it's easier for me to go to someone and be like, create this or for me to create myself or whatever it may be. So I just kind of like put out there like, all right, like I need to make business cards. And it's like, okay, what would go on it? And I was like writing that out. And then just like last week, I came across someone's, um, Instagram story that tagged someone that made their business cards and I loved the way it looked. And I was like, Oh, well, there you go. Like, all right. So then I, like, I went to that person. I was like, here's something I already have ready. All you need to do is like make it. <laughs> so, you know, so for me, I, I feel like I just create the solutions before. So when I do get the opportunity to do something, I already have everything in place. All I have to do is just give it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. No, <laughs> It does. Okay, what other habits do you have that, um, you know, support or develop your personality or support your peak performance in your own life? Oh, so many. Um, I definitely say to keep yourself around people that are working towards the same goal as you or at a mental stage that you want to be at. Um, I really think that who you surround yourself with makes a huge difference to who you are as a person. So uh, number one thing, drop negative people. I run from negative people now, or if I feel that someone has the energy to bring me down, I cut it off immediately. My energy is so precious to me, and I feel like there are enough things in the world to bring you down if you really sat down to think about it. So why do you need people adding on that? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So I realized that like in college, I had like a few friends where I just, if I ever hung out with them, like I just felt so low in energy after they left because I was like, All I did was complain. And I was like, why do I hang out with these people? <laughs> so, and like after I dropped that, like I was like, wow, I feel so much better. Like, I don't, it, it's not my like responsibility to make someone else feel better or, you know, like they'll feel better because they vented out everything. But now it's all on me and like, you know, it's weighing me down. And I'm like, I don't want this. <laughs> so I started becoming friends that are more solution based. So that's also helped me. So, yeah. And then uh, I guess my last thing would be to read, read, read. Uh, cut your TV time in half <laughs> to read the things that will help you develop personally and you'll see the difference. Um, for me, I don't have the time to just sit and read. So I'll have audiobooks because my commute's like really long. So I get like a good two hours in at least of just, you know, uh, listening to audiobooks. And yeah, and I, that really changed because sometimes a lot of these like people you can't be friends with because they're not in your 
you know, they're not near you, they don't live near you, they're not in your circle, whatever it may be. So listening to audiobooks is a way to get them in your circle in a way because you're always listening to the advice they have to offer. And it's kind of like a mentorship almost. So I definitely reread or listen to audiobooks because it really helps and makes a huge difference. Yes. And it also is that comes back from to the effectiveness and like being really conscious with your time because like you say you have you have right. a lot of time when you commute or when you you know when you cook or clean or when you work out you know yes. um there's a lot of time that you are not using to get in uh, more learning and more knowledge especially at the peak times where you say okay I'm waking up and in the morning I am um, instead of listening to music or just like looking around watching people in the train you know I listen to something that is valuable right. I think the next thing I wanted to ask as well in mentorship but you kind of answered already which is something that a lot of people don't understand that you shouldn't ask like you say you you shouldn't think you need a mentor right besides you like oh I need to live in LA or New York City or go to like right. these events like fly there to get a mentor and then ask them like can you mentor me but these mentors can come from the books you read or you know the the things you listen to there's a lot of things on YouTube as well or online courses um but physical mentors do you have physical mentors do you turn I do I do how, how did you yeah I do have them now okay, but yeah how did you, you change from you know having online mentors to physical mentors or how did you even you know turn around the people that you admired in the beginning that are not now directly coaching you how did you get to that so from the start my dad was my first mentor so from him I learned a lot and then from there I feel like you should always have at least like five coaches I feel like they give you a different different perspective on different things and it's just it's great that if you have like you should have at least one but I think up to five, like that's like a good number to have. Like, <clears throat> so my dad as my first mentor and coach. And then um, I kind of just, I don't know if I like had specific coaches throughout. It was more towards my books or audio things that I listened to. Those were my coaches. And then now um, when I got into uh, the certification thing that I'm doing with Jack Canfield, he always has been my mentor before, before because mm -hmm. of his books. So it's like I'm already just re-listening to my mentor from before, you know, it's, it's kind of like, because he, he has the same things to say now that he did back then. It's just, you know, now it's more personable. I'm like, okay, I'm like, you know, learning from him. And then uh, I have another coach, Michelle, who uh, helps me with like, uh, so she's an expert in publishing books and speaking. So I'll go to her if I have a question or if I want her to review something I wrote or if, You know, if I just want to bounce some ideas off, I'll call her and then we'll schedule something. And she lives in actually in Colorado. So I'll just schedule like what I just did right now, a Zoom, and we'll be like, all right, face to face, because you don't have to be physically there, but, you know, it's still physical in a way. So I'll be like, okay, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And then she'll just give me her ideas. And then from there, I take action items mm -hmm. and then I work on it till I have to go back to her again or something like that. So it's the best thing you can do is, when you like have these mentors and things like that, ask a lot of questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Everyone started from somewhere. So just ask, ask, ask. And then when you do get a response, make sure you create an action item list from that. Don't just listen and be like, cool, and write it down and then just close your book and then open it again when you like meet with them. 
make sure you have action items and you actually work on that because that's the only way you're going to move forward. There's no, you know, you can only do so much. You can, like, I feel like the same way with a lot of people when someone comes to you for advice and you give them advice, they don't act on it. And then the same thing happens. They come back to you like, what should you do? I was like, okay, well, I told you what you should do. <laughs> that, you know, there's only so much you can do. So uh, other than just listening, you have to act on it as well. So, okay, so ask yeah. a lot of questions and then create an action item list to really act up on them and then come back yes. with more deep. Yeah, I have like, have like a deadline next to it because each I like doesn't like I'll have like, okay, what can I do in the next week? And then write that down. What can I do the next month? Like, and then. Right, I like that. So have a deadline so you know, like your brain knows, okay, if it's past a week since you last met them, you should have had this done by now. For me, it was um, like my editing for I had to send in a different chapter and I knew I have to do it by this deadline for me. So I can tell her like, okay, so she needs a week to review, which means I need to finish it by this time if I want it done it by this, things like that. So you work on your own schedule, but make sure you have yeah. that deadline and action item in place. So you're not just You're not just like, oh, what what do I have to do? You know. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So coming much. from this, um, understanding what you want to do, having mentors, reading a lot, asking a lot of questions. I guess when you jump into books or you listen to books as well, you can also write down questions because then you can kind of listen to the answers as you go along. From your perspective, because you're into blogging, but you're also into public speaking, and you're also quite visible on Instagram, mashallah. What would be your recommendation for sisters who would like to create an online presence and a personal brand and get into blogging and or public speaking? What would be like action steps? Yeah, I mean, it was the same thing I said before about creating a personal brand. So know yourself, know your purpose, what your strengths are, what sets you apart from others. Um, I feel like a lot of times people just kind of like jump into doing something without really knowing why they're doing it, who they're doing it for. They kind of want to reach everyone and everybody. And you can't physically do that. You know, they're just you're, you'll have to like hone in on one particular audience and, you know, And then be like, okay, this is who my target audience is. If other, if it reaches other people, it's great. But this is who I'm trying to reach. So I guess know your audience and know who your target audience is, and then build on that. So the more specific you can get in your niche, the better it is. Because there's, I feel like the market in general is so oversaturated with just like the basics that you need to like go like, mm -hmm. okay, so peak performance, for example. There are so many peak performance speakers out there. So like there aren't that many like Muslim hijabis that are talking about culturally diverse workplaces about, you know, personal development. Like that's like more of my niche. Yeah. Just like really know your target audience and then write for them. <laughs> that's another thing when you're writing, write as if you're like talking to one person only. I feel like it builds a more like personal, like it's, just, it's better that way if you're talking to one person compared to like, okay, I'm talking to like hundreds out there. You know, just talk as if you're talking to one person. And I think Oprah also talks about that as well. She says, talk as if you're talking to one person. So know your target so, audience. Yeah. Be as, as niche as possible, actually. I guess what I got out of it was have like a optimal target person. Yeah. Functioning. So you know exactly yeah. who you talk to and you can be very personal about it as well. Okay, my last question, right. which is uh, one of my favorite questions. Um, what would your advice be to your 16-year-old self? Focus on yourself. <laughs> I think I was so focused on making other people happy, taking care of other people's needs that I sometimes forgot to take care of myself, my goals, and my energy. So I definitely tell whatever I tell every 16-year-old now is focus on yourself and drop negative people. 
You do not need them. I trust you when I say this. Like, you know, sometimes people are so used to negativity that they don't know how to live without it. They don't know what it feels like to live without negativity always weighing you down. They don't know that. So when they're trying to like steer away from that, they get kind of scared like, oh, but you know, like how are things going so well? Like something has to happen bad for it to be like normal. It, it's it, People do think like this and it's like <laughs> not everything has to be bad. I think also yeah. this applies to what you said before in your way of thinking. Like you are more solution-based, not problem-based. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. <laughs> yep. No, go. Yeah, no. there's, I mean, yeah. yeah. I was just gonna say this one story. <laughs> like, um, I was telling my dad, like, a while back, I was like, you know, there are people in this world that you can go up to and be like, you just won a lottery. And they'd be like, <laughs> oh, but what about the taxes? Like, they just, it, <laughs> you know, it's like, Like, nothing is ever good enough for them. It's just like, dude, it's like, so true. come on. Sometimes you catch yourself as well asking yourself, you know, this is so beautiful right now. Something has to go wrong. Like, where's the catch? You know? You're going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. If you think that way, something's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And you're like, see, I told you. It's like, no, you told yourself. That's why it happened. Okay. But, to wrap so, up, yeah. we always ask the audience a question. So the person who's listening to, what would you ask her to comment down below? What's the one thing you want to do but are afraid to? I like that. So inshallah, leave it down in the comments and share your diversity with us. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Sana. So where can people find you actually online? I am heavily based on Instagram right now. I do have a blog. I'm working on my public speaking website right now. It's not live yet. So we're still putting content on there. I have a great team helping me right now. Yeah, so you will find me on Words Behind a Smile on Instagram. And then same thing with the blog. It's www.wordsbehindasmile.com. Great, inshallah. So go ahead there. And don't forget, the real deal is going on at sharediversity.com. Jump on the newsletter, comment below this episode, and share your diversity with us. If you enjoyed this episode, like and share with your friends and make sure to rate and review us on iTunes so we can keep creating content that is relevant to you. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum.